if you would take it away from me. And he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, because my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore I will be glad to boast all the more in my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may shelter me. That is why I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties, for the sake of Christ. For whenever I am weak, then I am strong. These are the words of our text. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we have come to your house in our weakness, seeking the counsel and direction of your holy word. We pray that you would speak to us through it, dispel our doubts and fears, and reassure us that Jesus is our Savior from sin. Grant us a richer measure of your Spirit. Sanctify us through the truth. Your word is truth. Amen. In Jesus the Christ, dear fellow redeemed. In 1537, the pastor of Wittenberg, Johannes Bugenhagen, was absent. Martin Luther, who was ill and overworked, couldn't help but fill in for his pastor. In this period, he did a, a series of sermons on the Gospel of John. This was a very difficult time for Luther. He was very ill and extremely overworked. He said this, I am so overloaded with tasks and so troubled with sickness that I've been compelled and still am to leave my duties unperformed. In this time of extreme trial, Luther felt like he was failing. He was aware of how he was falling short of, how he was insufficient for the burdens of the day. And yet many theologians argue that these sermons of Luther on the Gospel of John are his finest in that intense struggle and hardship, Luther learned that God keeps his promise. His promise that God's power is made perfect in weakness, that God's grace is sufficient. That promise of the Lord is also for you. God's grace is is sufficient. It's sufficient in our weaknesses. It's sufficient in its power. And it's sufficient in His answers. God's grace is sufficient in our weaknesses. Paul had been given a thorn in the flesh, a messenger of Satan, to torment him. Okay. This was an extreme hardship for Luther, excuse me, for, for Paul. So much so that he cried out to the Lord three specific times. 
that God would take it away. That thorn was a reminder to Luther of his weakness, his limitations. That is probably how difficulties and hardships also work in your life. They remind you of your limitations. They make it evident to you that not everything is in your control. And that's a good thing. When life is going so smoothly and well, we can often be ignorant or at least not aware of our limitation and our actual weakness. We can feel like we have the world by the horns. Nothing can touch us. Nothing can bring us down. Hardship and trial, difficulties, show us our weakness. We need to see our limitations. Now, there are some hardships that we bring upon ourselves. Okay? We can make bad health choices and suffer the consequences with regards to health issues, maybe even diseases that cannot be cured. We can make unwise choices in our life and from an earthly perspective have to suffer the earthly consequences of those. And they're hardships and difficulties. And they definitely point out our weaknesses. But let's face it. Our life is often full of things, difficulties that are totally outside of our control. People can live a perfectly healthy life, or at least as much as we can humanly, and suffer a terrible heart attack, develop cancer. We can make the very wisest choices, again, at least humanly speaking, and still come under terrible financial burden, losing a job. We can face betrayal that's totally outside of our control. A spouse can leave us. Children can disown us. There's a lot of hardship in our lives that we have absolutely no control over. This thorn in the flesh that Paul was suffering, that was totally outside of his control. So what are we to do in the midst of our weaknesses when we realize just how limited we are? We're to trust God's grace. God's grace is sufficient. We can speak about our weakness from an earthly perspective and our, our vulnerability to forces outside of our control. But our weakness is really made evident in our fight against sin. Just consider how much at times you have wanted to stop doing a particular sin, changing a habit, changing the way you approach a situation, whatever it may be, 
just think how difficult that is to actually carry out. You can have the best of intentions. You can be determined to turn over a new leaf and to become a new person. And yet that very day, that same sin becomes evident in your life. We are weak. We are so powerless over so many things without us and within us. We need God's grace. And it is sufficient. God has taken all of your weaknesses, whatever they may be, and He has carried them to the cross. And Jesus has paid for all of your failings. All of the times that you've failed to be who you want to be and especially who God wants you to be. Jesus has claimed all of those weaknesses as his very own and he suffered and died as the weakest of the weak. The sinner of sinners. And he has offered sufficient payment for our sins. So that you now, through Christ's humility, are forgiven. Whatever your weakness may be, God's grace is sufficient. You are forgiven. You are God's dearly loved child. So in our weaknesses, God's grace is sufficient. It's also sufficient in its power. In all of our trials and struggles, we can actually reach a point where we're praying, Lord, I can't go on. I, I can't bear this anymore. And yet, by God's grace, we get up the next day. And we do our best to fulfill our duties. How do we do that? If we're acknowledging that the power isn't in us, that we're weak, then we have to acknowledge that that power comes from outside of us. Notice what God said to Paul. My power is made perfect in weakness. That, that word that's translated made perfect, uh, another translation could be to complete, so my power is made complete in weakness. Or another understanding of it is that it reaches its goal so my power God's power reaches its goal in my weakness so what is what is God's goal with regards to my weaknesses what is God's goal with regard to all of the troubles and difficulties that I have to li live through Maybe it's simply this. 
to acknowledge my weakness and His power. Our trials and struggles are a great blessing to us because it's in those moments when we realize, I can't fix this, I can't change this, that we're cognizant of our need for God. We're cognizant of our need for Him to intervene, to work in us and for us. It's then that we're reliant upon God and not upon ourselves. And for Christians, God should be the first place that we go to. But maybe you're like me. I, I come across a hardship and difficulty and my thing is to try and work out how I'm going to get out of this mess. How I am going to get myself out of this mess. That's not faith in God. That's faith in me. That's faith that I'll be wise enough. I'll be strong enough. I'll be able to do whatever is necessary to get me out of this mess. But faith in God says, I can't do this, Lord. I'm too weak. I'm too foolish. I, I don't have the power. I need you. That's what caused Paul to cry out three times. Lord, take this from me. I, I, I'm too weak. I can't, I can't deal with this. I, I don't want it in my life, but you're the only one that can remove it. So where are you looking when you're looking for relief? Even from the difficulties that you've brought upon yourself, the answer is often not you. It's God. God's grace is sufficient. And if you want to see it, a visual demonstration of God's power in weakness. Look at the grave of Christ. When Christ was crucified and laid cold in that grave, he looked powerless. He looked impotent, unable to help anyone. But God worked through that death. God worked powerfully for you and for the whole world when he raised him from the dead. Now from that empty tomb and that empty cross, for God's love and grace to all people, to you. If God could use the weakness of Christ's death and burial to do the most powerful thing that he could for you, to forgive your sins and to open the doors of heaven for you. He can use the weaknesses in your life to powerfully work for your benefit and the benefit of others. Don't doubt God's grace in the midst of your weakness because it is sufficiently powerful. Don't doubt God's grace in His answer to your prayers. 
Paul prayed three times, begging the Lord, take this thorn from me. Yet God's answer to Paul was, was no. No, I'm not going to take that from you. I'm not going to do what you want me to do. When we hear that answer of no, we can often think that's an unloving thing. That if we say no to someone, we're denying them what they need and what they want. If we love them, we would say yes. That's not true. When God says no, it's because he loves us. In our text, he tells, or Paul says, therefore I will be glad to boast all the more in my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may shelter me. That is, that is just a fascinating conclusion of Paul. God had just said no. Paul's response was, okay, I'm going to boast now about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may shelter me. Paul was able to see what God was sheltering him from. In the very first verses of our text, Paul says that thorn in the flesh was given him to stop him becoming arrogant. Paul had seen a vision of heaven, things that were not lawful or he was not permitted to share with everyone else. Paul was in danger of becoming conceited. Ah, look at me. I got to see heaven. None of you have had that privilege yet. So God gave him that thorn to protect him from conceit, to shelter him. God's loving answer to Paul was, no, I'm going to shelter you. I'm not going to leave you vulnerable to conceit. And yes, it's painful, but that's how I shelter you. What is God sheltering you from? What does God know about you that maybe you're not even willing to recognize about yourself? You know, we can pray for more money. Is that always good for a person? Is that good for you? Maybe God's answer, no, is to shelter you. We can pray for better health. But how will we use our time with that better health? Maybe God is sheltering you. In fact, if there are things in your life that you want gone, and you're praying about it, and they're not leaving, chances are God's sheltering you. He's protecting you from something you may not recognize. But he is acting in love. He is being gracious to you in that answer. No, no, that's not good for you. I'm going to treat you better than what you want to be treated. I'm going to treat you better than what you deserve. Therefore, that thorn stays. So God's grace then is sufficient. We all, like Luther, go through hard seasons. 
seasons where we're overworked, seasons where we're ill and we can't perform the way that we want to. God's grace is there for you in those times and always. And it is sufficient. May His grace be showered upon you and strengthen you in your weakness. May it work powerfully in you even when He answers no to your prayers. To Him be the glory now and forever. Amen. Please stand for the blessing. And now may the peace of God which transcends all understanding guard and keep your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus until life everlasting. Amen.